Welcome to Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. I'm your host, Sadia, and this is my Ima. Ima. Hello, Ima. <laughs> yes, you know me. <laughs> I know you. Don't you? Yes, I kind of yes. do. Uh, <laughs> your poor mother who's <laughs> oh. struggling down here in the, in the colds of Florida. Such a horrible, horrible cold wave hit. It went all the way down to 65 degrees. Just the worst. Just the worst. <laughs> Uh, so today's topic is going to be something a little more sensitive. So we do apologize to our listeners and we hope that, you know, everything will be okay. But we're talking about the, the situation of reconciling the dichotomy between Torah values and sexual orientation. Um, what, what that's really talking about is a lot of people in this world are gay, lesbian, bi, transgender, etc. And there's still, you know, a feeling like you want to be closer to God and you want to be closer to your practicing, you know, Judaism or Christianity or Islam or whatever you you do. And trying to reconcile those two differences because of the way the Torah is brought up and, and the importance of Torah values it seems to be going against that um, notion. Um, now, we, we have a lot to unpack here, uh, but I just wanted to talk about first, um, just, I don't have, I have some personal experience from friends and family, um, you know, coming out and being gay or lesbian um, or being even transgender and the struggles that they went through. Um, a transgender friend of mine was telling me how he used to cry uh, at the age of 15, wishing he was a, a woman. And now he's in transition and he changed his name and everything. And he was telling me even what other rabbis were saying and what he can do and can't do. And then I have a few friends who are gay and bi and they have their own struggles and strifes. And there are Plenty of stories that I, that I know and my mother would share of my, you know, aunt who's a lesbian, my cousin who's a lesbian, you know, and, and how they correlate that to Judaism. And that's something that's, I guess, with the real focus on uh, today's topic. So, Ima, you want to take it away? Okay, well, I was, as you were talking, I know that there are um, from people out there who when, when faced with um, realizing someone in their family or, or one of their friends happens to be gay or lesbian, probably would totally cut off their relationship entirely and have nothing whatsoever to do with them. And um, I don't feel that way. I mean, I have, um, I have acquaintances, I have friends, I have relatives that are gay and lesbian. And um, even though, okay, I know, okay, we all know that you know, the Torah is against that lifestyle. However, these are people that I appreciate them for who they are as human beings. And I remember when your, uh, your cousin, who's um, a lesbian, um, I invited her and her girlfriend and their kids to, I think it was your wedding. And when they came in, I could tell her, her um, girlfriend was 
I could tell she was frightened in a way. I don't, she was probably worried about how I was going to greet or accept her. And when they came into the hall, I walked over to them. I said, I was so happy that they came to the wedding because they lived you know, quite a distance away. They had to fly in. And I was glad they brought the girls with them. They have, they have, two, they have two girls that um, my, um, my niece gave birth to through artificial insemination. And um, of course, the girls are totally Jewish. In fact, she, uh, my niece went to a synagogue and she named them. And um, they were, and I came by, I said how pretty the girls looked. I'm so happy they brought them. And then I walked over to my niece's partner and I said, I am so happy you came here. Welcome. And I gave her a big hug. And I could tell she like relaxed. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. Yeah, this is the thing is like, I think this is an open ended question, which, you know, is something that cannot be at this point. You know, there's no, there's no right or wrong answer. I think there's a very big gray area here where these are your friends. You know, these are, uh, like I said, people that you appreciate for the relationship. And um, my concern, though, like we discussed before, before, as far as the gay and lesbian movement is concerned, and this should also be a very, very strong concern to anybody who's gay and lesbian, is if a person is genuinely gay or lesbian and People I know who are gay and lesbians have told me that they knew from the time they were three years old, they knew they were gay or lesbian. So if someone's genuinely gay or lesbian, they should not have to live their life um, in secrecy. They should not have to be afraid. They should be able to, you know, live their life as any, you know, with the full rights and lack of fears of any free individual. But what is concerned to me is the activism. We know how teenagers think. And as teenagers, we know that we all go through a period of time where we have doubts about our sexuality. Uh, my concern is teenagers who see all this attention being given to gays or lesbians. In other words, they're being sometimes the media will put these people up as like heroes and oh how you know good that you are honest about yourself and you've come out of the closet and let's face it a teenager will see this and see all the attention they're getting and hey you know i want to be part of this too and we know people can condition themselves we okay. know this all that we do we do this all the time if we want to change if we want to change some sort of habit either whether it's quit smoking whether it's take on a healthier lifestyle of losing weight, a healthier diet. We have, we work to condition ourselves. And I can, I think that there are a lot of, I think not a lot, I don't have the statistics, but it wouldn't surprise me if there were an appreciable number of teenagers who wanted to be part of this and actually are conditioning themselves to, and those talking themselves into being gay or lesbian when they, when they actually clinically and genuinely are not. Uh, so I'd have to disagree with you on that because, you know, how dare lot... you disagree with me? Who gave you permission <laughs> to disagree with me? I'm your mother. Uh, yeah, yeah, You're not yeah. supposed to disagree with me. Of course, just blindly obey. That's what you're supposed to do, right? Yes. Um, yes. so what the whole point is, is that a lot of times people don't really figure out their sexuality until they're a teenager, because that's really when 
their sexuality really starts coming about. Um, you know, you have some people that like knew they were gay since they were three, but some people don't think of, uh, of, of sex in that, in that light. It's really only when, when they become teenagers do they start finding themselves. And sometimes it's important to, to you know, travel, right? It's important to explore and find new things. It's important to do that because when you do that, you learn more about yourself. And it's, of course, there might be some, you know, appeal to it because you're getting attention and everyone loves attention, but to really understand, you know, homosexuality and, and, and the LGBTQ plus community, you know, there's, there are people there that would want to find out to see, well, maybe I am because now they have the opportunity to, to explore but imagine having that feeling of I might be gay at the age of 15, but you're in the 1950s. We're going to get electric th shock therapy if they find out that you're doing anything like that, which uh, was a true story that actually happened. Well, to actually worse than that in the 1950s, um, up, up until actually fairly recently, you had a lot of states where homosexuality was an offense and you could be arrested. See, that's, and then again, that's just ridiculous. You have to let people explore themselves and you have to let people be themselves. I, I know it goes against the Torah and Torah values. So I can't really promote it or tell them, oh, it's a good job for you because then that goes against my values as, as a religious Jew. But it's, I know, I know this seems odd to say and, and, and in poor taste, but it's also like, you know, putting, it's, I don't want to say it's a don't ask, don't tell situation, but it's, it's kind of where it's like in today's day and age, you can't, you can't judge another person. You can't tell them that they're a bad person because they do A, B, and C. I mean, there are people that, that break Shabbos. And if anybody who's a, a, a Jew or religious Jew knows that Shabbos itself, you know, if you break it back in the day when they had a Sanhedrin, when they had a full court, um, it was considered the death penalty with capital punishment. Um, so we accept people that break Shabbos all the time as part of our fold and part of our people. So well, the, thing, the thing is, like we discussed before, you can't, you, um, uh, you can't uh, apply the, I say it, the stringencies of what was during the time of the temple because during the time of the temple, particularly the first temple, um, God's presence was so, so strong and obvious that nobody would even think of going against the Torah. They were on a very, very high spiritual level at that time. So I think people, they say, actually, God, there's, a say, there's an idea that God judges us also based on the whatever historical um, environment we're living in at the time. So people now could not po would not possibly be judged on the same level as, say, a Jew living during, say, King Solomon's time. Well, so, and, and I understand that. And, but the thing is also people during the times of the first and second temple were also committing more intense sins than they are to today. Um, you know, there was flat out civil wars. There have been civil wars since the beginning of, of, of Judaism. And from when time that Mo Moses brought down the tablets, there was civil war then. And then there was a civil mm -hmm. war after that. And there was plenty of conflict. So 
I, I really think that, you know, the, the, to go ahead and, and, and say, well, there are more spiritual, more religious at the time. Yes and no. They, there were people that were probably on the same level as, as we are. Just that, that perspective and that comprehension was, was available to them. And uh, you, you mentioned earlier about um, activism and that you were, you were frustrated with activism in, in the gay community. The thing is, activism is important and in general, but also in the LGBTQ plus community, um, it's important because it gives them human rights. That's really what activism is all about. It's not trying to recruit people, blah, 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 that anybody and their mother is trying to like be so scared of. It's just trying to be able to get the same rights and respect that, that you know, any human being should have. And I think that also boils down to what we were saying previously is that, you know, it, it might be against the Torah, but the other important thing in this world is Abbas Khinam, which um, I think I mentioned a few mm -hmm. times on this podcast. Uh -huh. And it's about treating people with respect and loving them for who they are. And I think that's something that, that, that I think is very important because, um, you know, the, the, the second temple was destroyed based off of senseless hate. And the Labad Trebi said the only way to cure and, and, and rebuild the, the base of Mikdash and the, the temple and to bring, you know, the redemption is to have senseless love where you, you love somebody for who they are and not judge them. And I think that's something that I think is more important because I'm not in your shoes. Mm -hmm. No, I, I only can act the way I can act. If I see a problem, it's something that's within myself that I need to work on. You know, I'm not here to criticize you and tell you what to do. You know, and I think that's really what's the real basis. I, I think a lot of times that that message kind of gets muddied. You know. Well, you talked about see what what concerns me with the activism is that men and women marrying and creating families are the building block of any society, and this is why. A homosexuality, okay, there's a difference between, like I said, acceptance and recruiting. I, we do, this is something that, let's put it this way, if somebody is gay or lesbian and genuinely gay and lesbian, okay, that's, you know, they have the right to live their life, like I said, free of worry and without fear of reprisals and have, you know, the same civil rights, as, of course, as anybody else. Well, it's not something we want to encourage. No one's encouraging. That's the reality is no one's encouraging it. It's just people being themselves. And sometimes that's just who they are. And because it's so shocking to people, they get offended by it and they want to, you know, unfortunately harm them. And that's the biggest issue is that there, there is no recruiting. There's no, there's no recruiting involved. You know, I, 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 I don't know. I think I, I disagree with you on that because um, I mean, I've seen, like, for instance, the gay pride, the parades, the parades and everything. Oh, boy, let's have a heterosexual pride parade. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, these, that's what I mean. It's not. And sometimes I go now, you know, I do I do Spanish on Duolingo. And they're starting to introduce dialogues with gay and lesbian couples involved in the Spanish dialogues. That's what I mean. Like, hey, you know, are you. What are you doing? Are you trying to, you know, shove this lifestyle down my throat? I mean, there's no. a difference between just quietly living your own private lifestyle and 
putting it out there, like the books, um, you know, Heather has two moms. Well, it's not just putting it out there. It's just showing that, that these, this is another part of life. It's, it's, this is another part of life that exists in this world. And it's not about like shoving it down your throat. It's just more of like, this is something that just exists. That's it. There's, there's if there are plenty of things that exist, it doesn't mean that we have to put it out there and give it undue attention. Should there be laws against homosexuality? No, of course not. Should homosexuals and gay, you know, lesbians be denied renting an apartment or, you know, because they happen to be gay and lesbians? Of course not. Should they be denied a job? Of course not. Plain and simple. So why, but, so why is it that but being should it themselves, be promoted? It's, but should that's it be not promoted, promoted though. No. It, that's not promoted. That is not promoted. What's that not is not promoted. promoted. What, it, showing a picture of, of two dads or two moms is not promoting it. It's just showing a, another aspect of life and that this is also part of life. This is also part of the world. I mean, we, we have people in our lives that are like that, and we see that on a daily basis anyways. Now we get to see it in the media where it's actually shown. And I'll, I'll play the, the other, other, another aspect of it too. Don't you hate it when, when you're watching movies or TV shows or, or just seeing things in the media that shows Jewish people in negative light, or it doesn't really show them accurately, or it barely shows them at all when you can tell that clearly they're like a character is Jewish or something like that? I, d I don't see the correlation. The correlation is as follows, is that just the frustration of the fact that that is not real life. That is not really who, what is out there. So too, that, that there are people out there with, with two moms and two dads, and they deserve a, an opportunity to go ahead and have their aspect and their perspective to be seen. Well, I just, I just don't, I don't think, like I said, that you put it out there for, you know, especially preschoolers. Yeah, you don't have to introduce. You just them said to this so yourself already. that three-year-olds already know that they're gay. Yeah, but they you don't. Just said so yourself. Yeah, that but they you know don't. They're gay. The, okay, but the, but the, you don't have to. You you know what I mean? You don't have to push it. What's okay? Well, how is it being pushed? How is it just showing an image pushing? How is just the, showing a simple image pushing? What I mean in the book? Um, have you ever read the book? Heather has. Yes, two Heather moms? has two moms. Yes. Yes, I've read it too. And I, and I, so you know, I, you know that I am a preschool assistant and you know that I have taught, you know, I'm, I'm a t that I'm, I'm a teacher, okay? Um, there's something called age appropriateness. But, but something what's might age be the truth. Something might be the truth, but you don't put it out there for little children. This is something that as they get older, Okay, they're going to meet kids like this, whatever. Okay, you know, but they're, they're older and they can, you know, be it, more of a level to accept and discuss this. It's but it's, not, but not there's on a preschool no need, level. It doesn't, doesn't matter if it's preschool or not, because a preschool girl or preschool boy that has two moms or has two dads, you know, is going to notice it, is going to realize something's, something's up, and he's going to feel like an outsider, feel like he's not part of the, uh, of, of the, the Hebrew term is kahila. I can't try, what's the English term for kahila? Community. Okay, that's what it is. Wow, no, jeez, mm -hmm. my English is off. Uh, so <laughs> <Your> English, <laughs> English, yeah. So like, there, there. That's the whole point is to get these kids that have these situations where they, they're, they have two moms or two dads to feel like they are part of the community, because it's, it's not about like grabbing everyone else and, and shoving it down everyone else's throat and saying ha ha ha. Like that's not the point. The point is is le letting them feel comfortable enough 
to come out, comfortable enough to, to be themselves and comfortable enough to be, feel like they are part of the community. And that is what the whole, the, the, this, the media is all about, is making sure that everybody is included. Yeah, well, listen, you know, and I see your point, but let's put it this way. If, um, as, if I had a child that was in preschool, I would feel this way about it. If, as a parent, I feel that I want to introduce them to the book, Heather Has Two Moms, that's my personal choice. And if I feel I want to do this at home, fine. But I don't think it's fair to bring it in as a regular curriculum, be, you know, but that's, but for that's, everyone there, because you have a lot of parents that are going to feel very uncomfortable about their children being exposed to this knowledge. But I think we're going in circles here, but that's the whole point is that it's, it's something that shouldn't be, it should be, I'm not saying part of the curriculum, like, like you have to do it, you know, like you're well, there's some, there have been some school curriculums where, yeah, where they actually made it part of the curriculum. What, what, is, what does that mean, making it part of the curriculum? What does that mean? To learn about the struggles of the, uh, of the LGBTQ plus community? In preschool, yeah, there are some preschools in the country where they um, actually, public, you know, public schools, where they actually brought these books in for kindergarten and it was required reading to talk for about the what, teacher. Stone, talk about Stonewall? What's Stonewall? Oh, you have okay, so. I'm sorry, I don't know what that is. All right, so Stonewall, it's actually right nearby uh, my brother, where my brother lives, um, but it's called Stonewall. It was a club um, in 1969. Uh, it was basically, it was, it's 1969, there was a, an uprising. Um, and it's an uprising, uh, uh, I'm trying to put it into right terms, but it was a, it was for, it was a LGBT uh, demonstration. Um, because the, the police were raiding the uh, Stonewall Inn in Greenwich Village. And it was a gay bar? I think it was, yeah, I think it was a, a gay bar. Uh-huh. Yeah, and this- well, I'm, certainly, I'm certainly against um, the police raiding such a place because uh, I think it's a, you know, it's a free country and uh, free enterprise. And if a bar wants to be a gay bar, you know, go ahead. If that's their clientele, they've got the right to do that. So basically that's what happened in the 1960s that, that it was illegal and they were raiding, the cops raided, raided the place. And, mm -hmm. and that was where they said, fuck no. And they were done being raided and they fought against, uh, against it. And it was mm -hmm. kind of the whole beginning of the uh, LGBT uh, rights in the United States. So I just wanted to add one thing. I told you the story about the lady that I met at Seven Mile Market a few years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good story that... Um, there was a woman I met at Seven Mile Market who was very, very upset. And she kind of opened up to me. And she said she just found out her son was gay. And the way she found out was a shachana called him up to want to fix him up. And he told the shachana, no, please do not fix me up. I'm gay. And when the mother found out that he was gay, she was very, very upset. So I said to her, you know something? I said, I admire your son a lot. He's a very good man. And she almost collapsed when I said that. I mean, her mouth flew open. And I said, oh, yes. I said, I'm not just saying that. I said, your son is thinking about others. Your son doesn't want to see anybody put out or inconvenienced because of him. 
he's being honest about who he is. And he's telling the Shachala right away, don't bother, I'm gay. And I said to her, you've heard all the stories, I've heard them too, of young men who are closet gays, they're afraid to come out, and they, some of them will date, will date girls, and with each girl they make up an excuse why uh, the date didn't go well, or they'll even cancel dates minutes before they're supposed to pick the girl up, and here she's already in waiting, or they'll even go ahead and get married yep. and be a closet gay for years and years and years. And then 10 years later and three kids later, when they have a whole family, they admit to their wife, listen, I've been a closet gay this whole time. And now you know, it's a whole horrible, horrible situation of a wife and kids and a family that's being torn apart. I said, your son doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to hurt anybody. And I said, that's really, I said, that, you know, I said, that was very, very good about him. Well, he doesn't why, want to hurt anybody. Yeah. Well, that's why it's so He's easy a human for being. Well, again, that's, that brings me back to my whole other point is that that's why it's so important to, to show people and, and then again, younger people as well to let them know that it's okay to come out of the closet and be themselves and, and, and be gay and be lesbian, be transgender, be those things, because it would be terrible for them to live another life and then finally have the courage to come out when they're in their 40s or 50s or even their 60s. You know, when they could have come out like in their, when they were 15, 16, or the age of 10. Well, what concerns me though about transgender is that there are um, a lot of doctors that are saying that we should, before we jump the gun with somebody who wants to become transgender, let's check and see if there's something else like depression that's really the problem because i told you about this friend of mine who was a receptionist for a psychiatrist and she says a lot of his clientele were men and women who went through the actual operation of becoming transsexuals where they physically changed their um they physically changed their sex and those operations are irrevocable and after they went through the operation, which of course the effects of which is totally irrevocable, they realized it was a mistake, that there was something else that was really an underlying condition that they didn't check into because whatever doctor they went to was, oh yeah, was just so you know, anxious to go ahead and um, you know, acquiesce to, their, you know, to what they wanted rather than you know, really checking in to see if there was something else that was happening. I think we, I think we can't, uh, we have to be very careful also not to jump the gun as far as this, con as this is concerned. And who knows with these people who are transgender and going through whatever physical operations and conditions, you know, hormone treatments, whatever they're going through, we don't know what the deleterious effects of these procedures are going to be years down the line. See, and, and again, it's, it's, Yeah, this is. I don't think there, I think, like I said, this is. I think we began by saying there's probably no cut and dry answer to any of this. No, it's not. We really came in with like, we came in with nothing. We we don't. I mean, <laughs> listen, we, ex we explored a lot of ideas. Yeah. And um, 
Okay. What can I say? You know, how do you reconcile the Torah values with our interpersonal relationships with people who are gay and lesbian? And you, you you can't reconcile. You just, like you said, you just, you just accept them as human beings. Yeah. You said, you know, I've them. You know, just unconditional. You know, that we just appreciate them for the human beings that they are. That's all you can do. Just treat them like human beings, and you'd be surprised. Wow. Okay. This is a this was an interesting <laughs> session. Uh, if we pissed anybody off or threw anybody off the bus or made people unsubscribe, we do apologize. <laughs> we, were, we were just tr- we were just trying to figure things out. That's all. We just wanted to have a conversation. Now remember, right. remember the old saying: It's better to keep your mouth shut and let people think you're a fool than to open it up and remove all doubt. So now everyone thinks we're idiots. <laughs> is what you're saying? Okay. All righty. That's fine. We'll we'll end it here. Um, you have a good job, Sonny. I'll have a good job. I love you. Love you too. Bye bye. Hi, thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe and share. I really appreciate it, and my mother does as well. <laughs>